0: Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you for joining into the ongoing series that we are doing, titled, What It Means to Keep Yahweh's Torah. And we're looking into the proper understanding of the Hebrew word to keep, shamer. And, and I've been trying to establish an understanding, um, in case it is in need of a shift in what we currently believe, that it is not an a iron-fisted, angry god, um, but in fact, it is a, it's a wonderful treasuring, a preserving, a guarding, a, a, a just keeping close to one's heart, um, understanding this word shamer. And so we have talked about now, those who keep are kept. And, and the last one we just talked about was, but Yeshua did away with the Torah, right? And we wrapped up that one with just discussing how if we, if we do believe... If we if we live a Lord, according to what the scripture says in its entirety, the the Torah and the prophets have got to explain to us who the Messiah is and what the criteria is for the Messiah to f- fulfill those requirements. <clears throat> um, and so we talked about Deuteronomy chapter thirteen about how the the Jesus of Christianity, the popular version of of Jesus, does not promote. Um, his father's commands. He he doesn't promote the father's Torah. He's a man of lawlessness, by very definition. I'm not trying to be rude or use big words. Um, and we we talked about how in second 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 Thessalonians. I don't know why I did that the last time around too. Second Thessalonians talks about this this day of deception, um, where the man of lawlessness is revealed, um, and this man sits on on Yahweh's. Temple, um, he sits in there proclaiming himself to be Elohim, and and I propose for consideration at the end of that um, part the Jesus that that we hear spoken of right now in, in modern doctrines is modern doctrine says that he is seated as the highest of the high and Yahweh in the Torah is somewhere in the past. We have Jesus now. a misappropriation of a lot of Hebrews text. Um, so that was a consideration. And now we talk about some things um, that we say, all of us, either say now or have said, um, in ignorance, um, when we talk about Torah. And and this is just what it is. This is not meant to be harsh. Again, I want to keep being redundant with that. I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm. I'm I'm being critical according to what we believe for the good of the body and for the good of the individual, of anyone who would be willing, in humility, to say maybe I've, maybe I've lived according to a Catholic Protestant Protestant doctrine, that's changed the game, changed the rules, changed the expectations, and thereby changed who the people of Elohim even are. And so, so this is not for everyone. I understand. Um, so the Christian doctrine, this one's going to be relatively short um, and not as much scripture in this one as there will be in probably two more parts after this one and what we've had preceding as well. But the doctrine that most of us, the belief system we've inherited, um, presents the Torah in a negative light. It is it is uh, always associated with negative connotations and lesser, and in, in, but in a derogatory sense. Um That was for a a hard-hearted, stubborn people. It couldn't touch the hearts of men. People did it as an outward show, but it never got into their heart. You know, whether that flows over to the sacrificial system or or the understanding of a sacrifice. um, And, you know, there's much misunderstanding, ignorance, just literal ignorance, that that I myself still walk in in many ways, and I'm just learning as I go here as a grown (laughs) man— Um, learning what was just never taught to me. Um, But the Torah has always been presented in this negative way, a burden that no man could carry, no man can perfectly keep. Um, I inherited this belief and then I taught it myself throughout my years in church and um, teaching youth and and standing up on a Sunday morning on, on occasion and speaking to a congregation and it was just my my understanding my belief was no different than the millions of other people who have walked in the christianity that they've been handed but it it really is at the heart one of the worst um biblical teachings ever um and this is why well this has led thousands at the least um perhaps millions of people into lawless living and thereby there's no protection there's no safety as we discussed earlier as we've laid the the foundation i believe of Without an an understanding of what it means to keep, shamer, Torah, we, humanity, and even those who profess to be in the body of Christ are just living lawless lives and no one is given any right to say, what you're saying is God, what you're saying is Holy Spirit, the gospel you're teaching does not agree with the Torah and the Prophets. Um, That is unwelcomed in most congregations, most fellowships, most home gatherings. Not all, thankfully. But in in the average Christian gathering, you do not question the mainstream gospel narrative that says, in ignorance, that the Torah has been eradicated, done away with. Um, A misunderstanding of fulfilled. And so this is this is I would say this ha- <clears throat> this teaching generations now this is getting some age on it this this mishandling of the word uh, an errant teaching of hebrews and of of what shaul paul was saying a uh, twisting fulfills prophecy and we've been warned against exactly what we're living out now all around us but there's there's a disconnect well, that's somebody else that's something else it's not christianity um but it's created a people who have who have just become lawless. I mean friends, look at the church. I say this all the time. We'll just talk about it briefly and keep moving, but the church, the church now, people who claim to be the church, pastors, preachers, bishops, deacons, elders. There there are no boundaries anymore. There's none. Dress how you want, say what you want, live how you want. Believe what you want about uh, transgenderism and sexual preference and I mean it anything goes and no one can argue that point. No Christian evangelical that I talked to ever argues the fruit on the tree, but they just say, Well, men's just sin, men's sinful. Men's sinful. Well, what is sinful? They're let's just say it scripturally. They're lawless, they're ungoverned. They have no boundary of safety. They have no boundary to preserve them anymore. Why? In ignorance, we say the Torah has been abolished. We are not under law now. We're free. And what I'm always saying is, what are we free to do? And who says? And how do we know? Because people who are who are women, who have now been changed to can be convinced they're men, are putting on liturgical robes and standing behind pulpits in front of hundreds and thousands of people saying, I'm going to teach you what's wrong with the Bible today. And I'm going to tell you what you need to know from a posture of authority. And it's okay, and it's not even okay, it's being more and more and more welcomed. And then, right next door to that, right next door, these are intimate neighbors. You have nothing but Holy Spirit gatherings, Holy Spirit encounter gatherings, where what? Brother, I have a concern with what you're saying. I have a concern with with that song we sang. I have a question. It's not whole, it's not full, or it's possibly even completely wrong. Like, can we talk about that? No, brother, don't stifle the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. We're just being led by Holy Spirit. And here we have the that's why I say they're neighbors. We have the exact same problem. Where are the men who are saying we need boundaries? We need laws. We need Yahweh's governing authority order that He created for His people to live within for their good, for their preservation, for their very lives. We need that to oversee how we function. What I say. What you say, what is sung, what is presented as what Holy Spirit is saying, okay? That is not wrong, friend. That is called discerning the spirits. That is discernment that we are called to have in this age and everyone that preceded, okay? People are being led away into lawlessness. Anything goes now. Anything goes. No one argues that point when I present it, except for that, well, not where I am. Not where I am, that's for those people. Well, that's unfair. The same criteria must apply to us individually as it does to those people over there. We're all in the same boat, friend. We're all in the same boat when we, in ignorance, say things about the Torah that we just don't understand. We're just ignorant by a true definition. Now, a fair fair illustration. Um, The phrase, keep the Torah... For most people, incites a stern, perhaps even angry Elohim who's looking down at them like an angry father from a smoke-surrounded mountain declaring, Keep my Torah. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) This Torah, um, (laughs) you definitely don't want to be under, right? Oh, oh, no. I mean, here we are, like, without getting even into this, the, the children of Israel cowered in fear. Oh, Moses, go talk to him. Go talk to him. I would say they had already begun to forget what it means to keep Shomer, which is not a authoritative, boom, keep my Torah law, but an extension to live within the governing authority of a perfect creator for his creation. Like, it's the, it's the father, okay, the father, Abba, looking down at his people that he created and called in to become his people, saying, look, I love you, children. I love you. And I need to tell you how to live. Why? Because you don't know. And when you forget, or if you don't know, or if you forget, you become lawless. And the whole thing falls apart. What Yahweh would say to us today, I believe, if he could just utter like a loudspeaker upon the face of the earth, he would say, I've done this before, people. I know how this goes. I was here. I was there at the flood. I was there at Mount Sinai. I was there at the Tower of Babel. I know how this goes. Don't harden your hearts and rebel against my Torah. Don't hate my ways because my ways are your good. Because he's a perfect, loving father, and his Torah is perfect and loving. In a way, it's a live, friend. It's a way to live because I don't know how to live. You don't know how to live. It is not up to us to determine how we live, what we do and what we don't do. It's not up to us. We know through the word what happened to people who were stiff-necked, hard-hearted, had hearts of stone and rebelled and went their own way. We will conclude with that. with It's a heavy hitter. Looking all the way back, we're going to end this study of what it means to keep Shamer Yahweh's Torah, going all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 in the garden. At the very beginning, full circle, we'll go there. But this, we have been told that the, this archaic law that demanded such requirements of men, oh generations of Catholic, Protestant, Evangelical, it's all floating down the river in the same boat. These doctrines have driven home a negative view of Father's beautiful Torah ways. That it's somehow bondage. And that's something that's not for the New Covenant believer. It's not for me. Don't you put that yoke on me. Most of us have never heard anything else but that. I understand. I remember. (laughs) But as we've been addressing, what if what we've inherited is keeping Yahweh's Torah is simply not what we've been told? What if it's actually a beautiful picture of guarding, protecting, and cherishing my perfect Father's ways to live? Time and time again, we've read a few and we're going to read a whole lot more. Yahweh declares to all who will listen, it's full of blessing. Things will go good for you. Things will go good for your children's 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 children. Deuteronomy chapter 30, 10 and 11. When you listen to the voice of Yahweh your Elohim to keep his commandment and his statutes that are written in this scroll of the Torah, When you turn to Yahweh, your Elohim, with all your heart, with your heart, again, with your heart (laughs) and with all your soul, for this commandment that I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you, nor is it far off. I have had this conversation with, with several people over the last several years, and they will not, they will not listen. They won't listen. Because it's in Deuteronomy. I'll submit it again in case you're someone who has not heard this, understood this, considered this, and maybe you're postured to listen. Friend, when we say that no man could keep the Torah, I don't believe we're agreeing with the word. This is complex, and I could literally take two more parts to talk about it. Let me try to summarize. I believe, personally, and this is a huge topic, if a man could not keep Yahweh's Torah, Yeshua did not keep Yahweh's Torah. If it was too much for man, if it was too much, it was people say it was a law no man could keep. Wrong. that 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 contradicts the word all day long. It's a word no man could keep. I've been told that in a group of 30 people in a living room, brother, if you want to do that, that's fine, but you can't do it. You're wasting your time because no man could ever keep the Torah. The Word tells us. I said, well, show me where that is, brother, to the leader. Would you show me where that is? He had no idea. Well, it doesn't exist. I don't don't need to find it. Everybody knows that. And then he starts talking about law of liberty. Grace, grace, grace. I choose grace. I choose grace. You can have the law. But this says right here, friend, this, this commandment that I'm commanding you today. This Torah is not too difficult for you, nor is it far off. That's why Yeshua, by by obedience, by will, as fully Elohim and fully man, he chose to obey just like you and I choose to obey. Here's the problem. It's not that we can't, we won't. Yeshua would. Yeshua would. Did that's the difference. That's what exalts him to his his incredible status on our behalf. He did what no man would do, which made him Messiah, and and postured him to become our great high priest. He chose. So I would I would suggest you need to have scripture to, to back up saying no man can keep the Torah. No man can, okay, let's use Shamair. no man can guard, preserve, treasure the Torah. Not so, especially once we start talking about a proper understanding of keep, okay? The reality is we won't because we're rebellious. That's why we needed a Savior, Messiah. Okay, so we have to stop and we have to talk about this because I've, I've heard this statement before. Good luck keeping those 613 commands. I'll be over here in the law of liberty in Jesus. But as I've been saying, I've been saying this for for a few years now, that Yahweh, the perfect father, the only perfect father, would not give his children a set of guidelines to live by, parameters, and laws to live within, that they were not capable of fulfilling, accomplishing, obeying. Okay? If he did, then we must also say that Adam and Eve were not capable of abstaining from eating of the tree. Could, could Eve have said, had said no? Could she have said no? Could she have run to Adam, her covering, and been safe? And here we go. Saved, preserved, kept by keeping, preserving, and treasuring Yahweh's commands. She could have chose well. She chose wrong she became lawless she instituted lawlessness rebellion into humankind by what by saying i don't need a law that was the that was the extension of consideration from hasatan himself if you do this you'll be like elohim which was in his heart his goal exalting himself above Elohim. Here we go back, man of lawlessness. The man of lawlessness, in a broad sense, exalts himself above Yahweh's Torah and says, I make my own rules. I make my own laws, thank you. And here we have that inception in the garden of this issue, this problem, okay? So these are some things we say in ignorance when we talk about the Torah. We just don't know it. So what's the conclusion? Well, Yahweh's not fair. He's not a just Elohim. He's giving you laws that are burdensome. That's what the, that's what the lie was from the very beginning. You don't, have to, you don't have to obey. You don't need to obey Him. What's His problem? He's too hard on you. Burdensome laws. He's keeping something from you. You see the cycle. Nothing changes. The enemy's patterns is, is, is so predictable. We're told by the enemy that Yahweh sets up criteria that no man is able to meet, satisfy, and obey. But Yeshua did not come to do, I believe, what he didn't come to do, what no man could do. He came and did what no man would do obey to the utmost, submit to the Father's authority as a servant, a suffering servant. I believe that's why he became the last Adam, not the second, but the last. And if you come into him, you you by by response enter into his finished work reality that gave us now the ability to be empowered by Holy Spirit to fulfill the prophecies in Ezekiel, to walk out Father's ways, his laws, his his statutes. Now we're empowered to do so because That law in the New Covenant is now written upon the hearts of men. If we're to say that the Torah of Elohim is a burdensome law that no man can bear, we would have to write off the entire book of Psalms, labeling it as archaic. It's irrelevant to the New Covenant believer. You you would have to say that. Most all of Psalms would have to be discarded and put away as irrelevant to a New Covenant believer because it's talking about Yahweh's Torah about every eight verses. So is this what we should do? Well, we can't really read Psalms. It's not applicable to me anymore. I'm in Jesus. I'm a Christian. I'm in the new covenant. Of course not. We don't do that. These are things we say in ignorance when we talk about Yahweh's Torah. I would um, have you consider reading the entire 176, 176 verses of Psalm 119. Um, in a version that properly uses the word Torah instead of just law, okay? Many modern versions say law or even um, instruction. And now I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I would think it would do I would it would do Christianity good to see the word Torah in proper light. That's what I'm t- attempting to do here in it's proper light, which it ironically is. <laughs> even a casual read of 119 where the word Torah is used properly, As the text uh, was originally penned, it will it will quickly reveal that we do not esteem father's Torah at all, like David did. We hold it in ignorance um, many times. We'll wrap up this part here, Matthew chapter seven verses twenty one through twenty three. Yeshua is speaking. He says a familiar passage. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Get away from me, you workers of lawlessness. Lawlessness, friend." We don't need a law. We don't need a governing way to live. I'm not under that. By definition, properly, as we talked about earlier, that makes you lawless. That's what you're saying. If you you don't want to be under the burdensome Torah of Yahweh, you are lawless. You're saying you want to be lawless. I don't want to be under law. Yeshua gave a warning about that about these ones who are workers of lawlessness he could have called these whom he did not know by any name in any act of guilt, but what was it? These ones who will be cast out of his presence are ones who do not keep law. to go back to our proper understanding of Shamer. These do not guard these ones the the workers of lawlessness promote underneath the promoter of this, the man of lawlessness that we put touched on in the second part, these ones do not guard, heed, or preserve Yahweh's Torah. That's what the word speaks to older testament and new. They believe that they do not need laws and are thereby by proper definition lawless. Friend, I don't want to be lawless. I don't. I don't want to be found, going my own way. I feel like I would have to. I would have to set aside all of the biblical accounts that I read. Hmm. Can get any water out. We would have to set aside, even the garden event, like that is the inception of lawlessness inserted into the garden reality of man intimately walking with his creator kept, guarded, preserved by the Creator because He was in a safe space that the Creator ordained Him to dwell within. A safe boundary parameter that would have remained so if they had obeyed the laws of the land. If the enemy would have come with an enticing word of deception to become lawless, and man had said, no, no, I'm clinging to keeping my father's law. <laughs> I want to shamer my father's law because when I do that, this here, this Edenic world stays, it remains for my good. So I'm not risking becoming lawless because I'll lose all of this, which they did. Coming up next, probably got two more parts left. A deeper dive into some Hebrew words. This is pretty awesome. And I love, I, I would like to say this is what the Spirit's saying because without my, I'm not smart enough to do all these things. We're going to go right to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapters 2 and 3, in the very next, next part. As we talk about this word Gan, G-A-N in Hebrew. And it's <laughs> This is awesome. Take it, take it for I mean, maybe you think I'm so well-rehearsed things go this way. I'm telling you right now, it's not true. Guess what this word is in Hebrew? It is an enclosed, safe space. Friend, consider if this is what the Spirit's saying. Do with it what you will. I hope you'll come back for the next segment that we're going to look at um, as we're talking about what it means to keep Yahweh's Torah, um, the wonderful opportunity extended to us to shamer um, our Father's ways. Thank you so much for watching. We'll be back for another one after this.